and welcome. I'm DFW Networking Diva, Christine Dean, and I'm here with two of my favorite people. They happen to be life coaches, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Really, it's all about how do you make your life better, and I know some people believe in it. Some people go, what is that? They've changed the names over the years, but I really think life coaches have an important role to play in our lives, so I would love you guys to go ahead and introduce yourselves. I don't care if you want to arm wrestle for who goes first, but I'm going to be a gentleman and let Nancy go. There you well, go, Nancy. You, Steve. <laughs> Tell well, us. Welcome. I am Nancy Abramson, and I am a success coach. And my focus is helping small service-based business owners who are eager to scale, have thriving businesses, and also freedom with their time so that they can love their life now, not sometime later. Yep, I can understand that. I'm thinking uh, we need to uh, hear a little bit about Steve, too, and what he's up to. And There I am. <laughs> I didn't think you wanted to show me. So my name is Steve Reed. I'm a life and marriage coach. I'm an executive coach. Uh, I'm affiliated licensed coach through the Ziegler organization, and I teach people on balance. Uh, Tom Ziegler many years ago said, the fastest way to success is to replace bad habits with good habits. So I help people develop those good habits on the life and marriage side. Basically, what I do is I help people identify what the speed bumps are, what the roadblocks are, what those those nasty mud puddles and, and potholes are so that we can address those things and then move forward so that they can have a more victorious life and more victorious relationship. I love it. And I got to say, you know, you both bring so much value to people's lives. Um, you see people out there wandering around and they don't even know they need a life coach, right? That it doesn't even occur to them, right? They're like, what? I'm fine, right? I'm fine. You're fine. I'm fine. What? We don't need this. It's it. Right. And so you don't even realize you need one until you talk to one. And then you're like, oh, yeah. Um, how often do you realize that all your baggage you're carrying around and that bag gets really heavy, you know, and, and having somebody um, talk to and, and help work through some of those issues. And I've seen the therapist thing. They've got therapists, you know, but that's a different role. Yeah. It really is. I'm, you guys want to talk a little bit about the difference between a therapist and a life coach? Go for it, Nancy. You know what, I heard this quote recently that I love. You can live your life by default or by design. And you're living, it's one or the other. It's either by default and for years, probably decades, that's how I lived my life was by default. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get away from a bad job. So somebody else offered me a job and I took mm -hmm. it. And I'm like, okay, I'll just go this way. And I was kind of like floating along, reacting to circumstances or opportunities that came. And then I started kind of learning about the design in your life and being intentional. And so I would kind of swing back and forth. And now I completely live my life by design. I am intentional about what I'm doing. And with a therapist, and I'm not a therapist, but it's kind of like helping somebody to listen to and help you through some of your problems. And I'm not here to help you with your problems as much as I will help you to get clear about what you want to design and where you're going. And then I will help you with a plan to get there. 
and then also remove the blocks and things that cause you to stumble along the way. Like, yeah. why are you not making those sales calls that you know to make? Why are you getting tripped up over the fear of failure or fear of success or fear of whatever? So, Steve, I know you have more to add to that. Well, yeah. well put. Now, I, I also am not a therapist or a counselor. However, I counsel people all the time. And one of the things that I do is I look for people's triggers. What are the things that are holding them back? What are the challenges that they are dealing with? And what is the root cause of some of those challenges? Was it because somebody, when you were 10 years old, told you you were ugly, fat, and stupid? Or is there something else? Was it an ex-spouse? Was it a, uh, an ex somebody in a previous relationship? Was it a parent? Was it a coach? Was it a teacher? Somebody has told you, a unfortunately, a lie, and you bought it. So what we have to do, what I do, is I help people go back to those lies, eliminate the lies, and tell them the truth about who they are. And I tell them, I, I have them go through a lot of exercises uh, number one is if you're if you're sitting in a room and there are two chairs in the room, I'm going to steal part of this from from a friend of mine. Bob Bodine wrote the book Two Chairs, and he says you have a you're in a room where you've got two chairs. You're in one, and God is another, and you you just have a conversation with God. Okay, well my conversation goes like this: God, who am I? Give me my attributes, my strengths of who I am. Then tell me what my skills and my my uh, talents are. And then from there, what is my purpose? And when I walk people through that process, all of a sudden the light bulbs come on. That makes total sense. So I look at the past, figure out what the roadblocks were, what those triggers are. And then we start planning for the future as well. And I like what you said, Nancy, about not living by default, living by design. I totally concur with that. Oh, I love that, Nancy. Absolutely. The idea of living by design. I think a lot of times we go with the flow too much. Like you <laughs> yeah. said, you know, oh, this opportunity. Okay, whatever. Ah, you know, do, 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 right. There's not really any purpose behind it. You right. know, mm -hmm. you go to work, you come home, then what do you do? Ah, you eat dinner, you sit down in front of the TV, you go to sleep, you start over the next day. There is no passion. There's no, and, and I know that's one of the struggles is some people are like, well, I don't know what my passion is. Do I have a passion? Do I? It doesn't even occur to them to ask what their passion is, to ask themselves I, that question, right? Absolutely. And I was having a conversation. My niece just graduated high school with associate's degree. She already got so many college credits. And she came to visit Disney with two of her friends. And one of her friends also graduated with an associate's degree, honor society. They're all like smart, driven kids. And she was so upset because she was like, felt like she was like, she, whether it was failure or like behind the eight ball. And she was like, because she didn't have her passion. She didn't know what her passion was. And she was so upset. I don't have it. And they all say, you got to find your passion. You got to follow your passion. You got to know, I don't have a passion. I'm up. I don't know what my passion is. I'm like, I'm like, honey, breathe. You're only 18 years old. You don't have to have it at this point. But she didn't even think that she was allowed the grace of trying to explore. Like, there's so much pressure on people, and especially the kids these days, to have it all figured out. Like, this is the time to explore. You're 18. You have a little bit of time to find your passion. 
so true. That is so true, Nancy. I, you know, it's amazing. I know in my practice, I'm sure it is with you as well. But there, are, there are a lot of clients that I work with. They have no clue what their passion is, and then they're 40s and 50s and 60s, and they have no clue. I've got one client. She she turned 61, 62 this year, and she is just now starting to figure out her passion. And it's, and it's amazing. So from where she was two, two and a half years ago to where she is today, it is amazing to see that transformation. It's that caterpillar that's turning into the butterfly. And to see her and listen to her talk about her passions now, it's like, wow, this is a radical change. So I, 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 I agree with you. Yeah. Totally. Well, so that brings up the question, like, when do you need a life coach in your life? I mean, we mentioned younger, we mentioned older. I mean, is there an ideal age or? I, I, I'm going to take off with this one. I think people need a life coach or a mentor or a success coach, executive, whatever. I think people need a coach, but only on days that end in Y. <laughs> Seems reasonable. We all need yes, coaches. Yes, Steve. We all need coaches. I, I use an illustration a lot when I'm working with couples. If if you're a, and I'll use a football analogy for a second here. If you're a halfback, you're carrying the ball. That's your job, okay? And you start running down the, the field, the quarterback hands off the ball, and you're running down the field, and one of the defensive guys pops the ball out, you fumble the ball, thankfully you catch it, okay? But... Okay, that happens over and over and over again. There's a guy on the side, not a fan, not media people, but a guy on the side that he calls you over. He is your coach. And that coach says you've got to change the way you're holding the ball because you keep fumbling the ball. Okay? No, they're not going to say no. Uh, Jamie, I want you to I want you to really think about how you're holding. No, they're going to get in your face and they're going to tell you what you need to do. Okay, so sometimes that's what a coach has to do. Sometimes we're loving and soft and gentle and caring. Sometimes we have to get in your face and we have to hold you accountable. So that's one of the things that I do. I just want to help people hold the ball properly so they don't fumble the ball. So in your face, what do you think, Nancy? <laughs> sometimes I, I do have to do that. Uh, and my sports analogy that I've used lately is if you think about Tiger Woods and how everybody said he's so gifted and he had this natural gift for, he was this amazing golfer from when he was a, a baby practically he has like four coaches yeah. just for his golf he's got one coach for the putting one coach for the long like He's got so many coaches and you think that, oh, he's just, he's gifted. It just comes easily. <laughs> and for oh, the, the for everybody. So my invitation is if you think about how many times you've read a book or watched a video or listened to a podcast and thought, oh my God, that was amazing. Oh my God, that's brilliant. And then how many times do you actually put it in place and take inspired action to actually use that? Oh my goodness, that was amazing, brilliant exactly. idea. So 
so many people like, I don't want to spend the money. I could do it myself. I have all these books and videos and I could get the information for free. Most people get insights, but they don't get results from them. So with a coach, you have accountability. You have somebody that's giving you one-on-one personal insight that can hear exactly what you're saying or what you're not saying and actually cause results and breakthroughs. And that's what I do. And that's why I love what I do. Watching the transformations like you got, Steve, with that woman that's what gives me joy and fulfillment. Yeah. All right. I'm going to ask about accountability. I keep hearing that word tossed around <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, is everybody coachable? <laughs> <laughs> no. no. Um, well, yes, everybody is accountable. However, do they resist? Do they agree? Do they comply? No. Okay. But if you're pulled over on the side of the the road by a a state trooper, he or she is going to hold you accountable. I promise. And they will hold you accountable. But you may not like their accountability. But I think I heard Christine say, is everybody coachable? Oh, coachable. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I missed. Those go hand in hand. She went from accountability to coachable. And there there is a difference. But they well, really do go hand in hand, right? Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> no, not everybody is, is coachable. There are some people, they just stick their heels in and they're just not going to go. I don't care what you have to say. It's just not going to happen because I don't like you. Because I don't like that. Because I don't, I don't want to be held accountable. I don't, I don't want, want somebody to be held telling accountable. Me what to do. Yeah. I don't want somebody <laughs> telling me what to do. I'm an adult. I don't need your stuff. Okay. Fine. My... When I was starting out, my very first coaching call was with a woman that was like, oh, who's your ideal client? That sounds like me. I've been interested in a coach. Would you like to do a practice session with me? By the way, I don't do practice sessions anymore. And (laughs) she was a great lesson in who's not coachable. Because anytime I asked a question or made a suggestion – She's like, nope, you don't understand. This is the way it's always been. This is the way it has to be. You don't understand the industry. I'm like, I actually kind of do. But no growth happens inside the comfort zone. And our brains want to keep us in the comfort zone. It's scary outside the comfort zone sometimes, but that's where the growth and the the expansion and the results happen. So there are a lot of people that will allow their brains to keep them safe. This is what I know. This is what I understand. This is safe. I'm going to stay right here in my little box. And if you're comfortable uh, and happy with that. Nancy, that is so true. Real quick, funny story. Um, I, I lived in Southwest Virginia for a number of years, and I was in the mountains in Roanoke, Virginia. And I was talking to a guy that I was selling and was managing a copier office, copier company. And I walked into this guy's office. His copier's on the floor. It's in pieces. <laughs> and, and I said, I can have that fixed within the next three to four hours if you'd like. And he says, what's the hurry? It's been like that for three weeks. <laughs> and I'm like, how do you function? And then he came back and he says, you're not from around here, are you? I said, no, I've actually been moved up here from Houston, Texas. He says, now we only do business with people from here. 
And like, what is wrong with you? I mean, it's just, those are, that's the narrow minded. Uh, I'm in this box and I don't like it because you're disrupting my box and, and I can't handle that. So you're gonna have to leave. I'm like, okay, fine. He was not coachable. Was not coachable <laughs> at all. So true. Right. And, and that's the thing. Are we coachable? Do we want to be coached? And there's a difference between saying, oh yeah, I want to coach, but are you willing to do the work? Right. What does that mean when you say, are you willing to do the work? Yeah. How does that translate yeah. in a, a life coaching kind of situation? What does that look like for people? When you tell them you're going to have to work at this and they're like, well, what does that mean? What do I have to do? Well, for an example, my client who gets, she, she, she does the work. She'll get kind of, when I make a, a suggestion or an invitation to have a certain phone call or to do things. Like, for example, she does not like being on the phone. She doesn't want to do the sales calls. She was like, I would much rather email or have somebody else do the calls. And when she took my invitation, <laughs> much to her, like, mm, I don't want to do it. She did, I get these text messages. Oh my God, I called three, uh, three people and two of them bought and signed up and bought my program. I'm like, so she, she does, she resists, but she does it. Yeah. She'll, she'll do it even if she gets a little, eh, eh, eh. but then I always get these text messages with the victories afterwards. And mm -hmm. then she teases me that I'm always like a proud mama because she does the messages and I'm like, so it's doing what's uncomfortable, but being willing to do it, yeah. to be willing to test it, to be willing to try, to be willing to step out of that safe little comfort zone. Yeah. You know, Nancy, a lot of times in, in my initial calls, whether it's with a couple or an executive, whatever the case is, I generally tell them the same thing. There are going to be some things that I'm going to recommend to you that may be uncomfortable, that may push you out of your comfort zone, okay? And you may get to the point where you really don't like me very much. That's okay, because I'm not doing this as part of a popularity contest. I'm doing this to help you. You reached out. We're trying to help you get to a better level in your life, whatever that looks like. I will assure you, though, if you do the things that I suggest that we talk about, I assure you that at the end, you're going to love me. So that changes. Okay. Even so, better, yeah. they, they might actually love themselves. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that is that is so very true. So but 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 you know, it I, I have a client and this is this is kind of a, a twofold thing. Client several years ago that we'd been working together for several months, four, five, six months. They were dealing with some mindset things and attitude things. And their, their default was very negative. I can't, and that won't work, et cetera. And we couldn't get past that. We finally, after about four months, got to the point where they weren't saying that anymore. And then about three or four months later, they popped one of those things in. And I just, I listened to it. I didn't say anything. And about 10 or 15 minutes later, they did it again. And all I did was, <clears throat> and they said, you heard that, didn't you? I said, yeah, I did. And they said, you probably heard the first one too, didn't you? I said, yeah, I did. 
Mm-hmm. He said, um, you don't let anything get by me, do you? Or by you, do you? I said, well, you're paying me to not let things get by. So that's right. <laughs> well, then they came back. And this is the funniest part. So this was on a Zoom call. He said, you should be very thankful that I really respect you. I said, why is that? And he said, well, because if I didn't, I'd flip you the bird. And I said, go right ahead. You're paying me enough. You can give me a double bird. I don't care. I'm an adult. I can handle it. I've got thick skin. And they just they just sat there and shook their heads. And, okay, you win. I said, I'm not trying to win. I'm trying to help you grow. And, and that, that was it. But But you have to set the standard, set the stage for the right kinds of conversations with the people. And if you don't set the right stage, then you're going to miss the mark on them. Agreed. That's great, Steve. Well, and I'm wondering, you know, people are resistant to change. They're resistant, right? So how do you know when you're ready? You're ready to make that step forward. I mean, it it's kind of scary to make that change just to make that phone call, right? Be like, all right, I heard this, this, uh, this Steve guy, there was this Nancy gal, they were talking, you know, they kind of made sense what they were saying, you know, how do we, what do we encourage them to do? What's their first step? Well, my thought is the, to answer the first question is how do you know when you're ready? When either the uncomfortable becomes uncomfortable enough that you're willing to take action. Uh-huh. We've all been in the space where, you know, the weight starts creeping up and you're like, yeah, I'm not noticing. I'm not looking. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you put on a certain pair of pants or you put on a certain outfit and you're like, you go to the store and like, oh, heck no, I am not going to that size. <laughs> like then all of a sudden you get your limit and you're like, okay. Now I'm buying the vegetables, I'm doing salads, I'm getting to the gym. Like the uncomfortable has to become uncomfortable enough that you're like, nope, line in the sand is drawn. Yeah. Or you get so excited and impatient and you want the results and you're really excited about the results that you're building and you want to get there faster. If you want to get there faster, then you're not going to do it by yourself. Yeah. And you know why? Because I think... you're not going to get there by yourself because the council, if your council is the voice in your head that wants to keep you safe, you'll get there very slowly or not at all. When you have somebody that you're speaking it to and the power of speaking out loud is powerful in and of itself because you're hearing what you're saying. You're like, Oh my God, did I really just say that? Yeah. Right. That's an excuse. And, Mm -hmm. or you have somebody like Steve or myself that's listening and listening for you bigger than you know yourself that will help you get there faster. We'll pull you along the ride. You know, Nancy, you, you use the illustration of Tiger Woods. Um, most people would say, well, he doesn't need a coach because he's been doing this for so long. No, he needs a coach because he's been doing this for so long. Right. And that's one of the things a lot of people don't realize. Now, I've been doing public speaking for well over 30 years. And and I'm, I want to say I'm pretty good at what I do, at my craft. And I was talking to a, a group, actually a group of women in Detroit several months ago. And I just, I, I was missing something. I don't know what it was. So I picked up the phone and called my presentation coach. I told him what I was doing. And he says, okay, based on what you said, here's what I'm hearing. 
And when he said that one thing, it's like, ugh. Yeah. I just left something, one of the critical things out of the, the presentation. So so I've been doing this for a long time. I've coached a lot, hundreds of people in public speaking and presentation skills, and I need a coach. So I recognized I needed a coach. Now, real quick story. A traveling salesman pulls up to this this old country store. Owner of the store is sitting on the on the front porch in his rocking chair. He's got an old hound dog laying on the porch. And every two or three minutes, this hound dog lets out with a little yelp. You know, another two or three minutes, lets out with another yelp three or four more times. So finally, the sales guy says, what is wrong with your dog? And that store owner says, well, he's laying on a nail. <laughs> Why didn't he get up and move? Oh, don't hurt him enough to move, just enough to complain about it. And yeah. Nancy, I know you've got clients like that. I do too. And I I know Christine has clients like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but you have to get to the point, as you said a minute ago, where the pain is so discomfortable that that or uncomfortable that I, we have to move. Otherwise, we're going to be stuck in the pain. Right. And I think that applies, like you said, to all coaching, whether it's, you know, I focus more with the business space and marketing coaching and helping people with their strategy for their business. Right. And like you said, they're not willing to make changes until they really are at a point where it hurts and they have to. Right. I have somebody I was talking to saying, well, I got about another month to make this work. If not, I got to go back and get a job. Well, there's motivation for that entrepreneur to really get things going. Are you going to keep doing things your way? Because it was comfortable and it's what you know? Or are you ready to talk to somebody who can look at the big picture from the outside, right? We come in with a different perspective to say, well, have you tried this? Why don't you do this? And they're like, oh. You know, oh, Christine, yeah. if I can if I can share one other real quick story. I, I had a, well, with, with my coaching practice, I'm, I've got some things that I'm trying to do, some evergreen things that, that are out there. But my, my social media coach, um, she and I were talking one day and she said, what you need to do is develop some courses and put some courses up online. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. That's just no. I'm no, no, no. And she just kept harping. I mean, she was a pest every few weeks. She's telling me, say, you got to do these courses. And finally, I succumbed to Christine's advice that I've got my courses that I'm putting up. So I needed a coach. <laughs> I needed a coach. So, and I am an excellent nag when necessary. Yes, she is. <laughs> yes, she e- is. Even coaches need coaches. Yes, we do. And not necessarily just one. Yes, Steve just yeah. mentioned his two. I have my coaching friends. This is my personal coach. This is my energy coach. This is my business coach. This is. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's- not a weakness to recognize no. that you want help. It's actually a strength that you say, you know what? I actually, I'm one of those that puts post-its on the mirror in my bathroom so that I can read and remind myself. And one of the first ones that's been up the longest, I am not alone and I don't have to do it all myself because as a New York girl, I live my life that I have to have it under control. I got it. I'm not going to show weakness. And I was living and working in Manhattan. It was like, nope, can't admit that I don't know something. I'm like, so I transformed that. 
And I don't need the reminder every day like I used to, but I keep it up anyway, that it's actually a strength when you recognize that I could go it alone. Yeah. I'll get there probably, but it's going to take me a lot longer. Yeah. But if I want to make the difference I want to make, then, and if I want to help all the people that I want to help, mm-hmm. then it's best to get help and to do like get people to help me do the things that are not my zone of genius or the things mm-hmm. that are energy vampires and the things I don't yeah, want to exactly. do or don't like to do. Let yeah. somebody else do it. And then I could pay them and I help them by giving them the money. And then I don't have to be the one to do everything. Yeah, exactly. Well, it, it's knowing your strengths and knowing your weaknesses and working in your strengths. And if you need to improve on the weaknesses, then you seek out those people that will help in your weaknesses. But really, it's living in your strength. There is a fabulous movie my, my wife and I just stumbled on about a month and a half, maybe two months ago. And it is a coaching movie. It's all about coaching. And the title of the movie is Seven Days in Utopia. And Nancy mentioned golf before. The the storyline, basic storyline, young professional golfer has a meltdown on a golf course on in one of the tournaments. And he's on national news throwing his golf clubs in the pond and, and all of that kind of stuff. Well, and his father, who was his coach, is shown walking off the golf course because they're they're well he has an accident driving to the next tournament and Robert Robert Duvall I think it was rides to the rescue and says if you'll spend spend the next 7 days with me I will teach you how to be an exceptional golfer and while they talked about golf they were talking about everything else besides golf so Highly recommend Seven Days in Utopia. Outstanding movie. However, I'll have to check it out. You you won't like me at the very end because there's a cliffhanger. You will not like me. I promise. <laughs> I see a theme here, Steve. This whole not liking you thing. Is this an ongoing thing we should be worried it's about? So worth it. It is so worth it. So, but there is an answer to it. You have to follow through on something that's offline. So anyway, but excellent movie. Well, and I was something that you mentioned earlier, Steve, that really got me thinking about um, how y'all help people, right? Recognizing as an outside perspective, right? Being able to look at them and see things that they may not realize about themselves. And you're like, oh, shoot, right? And then there's other times that we know something's not quite right, but we don't know what to do about it. And you had mentioned triggers earlier. And to me, that's a huge area of, uh, you know, you realize you're acting irrationally about something and you don't always understand why or what's going on. And it makes you act in crazy ways. You guys want to talk a little bit about triggers so maybe people will recognize they got, you know what, maybe I want to do something about that. Uh, well, you know, Christine, it, we, we all have triggers, good triggers, bad triggers. OK, if you're driving down the road and and you pass by a restaurant where you met your your boyfriend your spouse, your fiance, your whatever, and you look at that restaurant, that's a good trigger. I remember when we first met there, the first day, it was absolutely amazing. However, two blocks away, you drive by another restaurant, and that's where you broke up with a previous relationship. That's a negative trigger, okay? And you don't want to go anywhere near that that restaurant. Funny, funny story, okay? 
So when wife Suzanne and I started dating, actually, before we even started dating, we were just chatting one day and we had known each other for about 15, 20 years prior to this. And she said something that if she ever got remarried, it would never be in September. I'm thinking, well, that's kind of odd. So I didn't, I didn't think anything about that. Months later, we're dating, we're starting to get serious, and I said, "Okay, you said something months ago about not getting married in September. Why is that?" And then it hit me. That's probably when she got married to her ex-husband, and and I said, "Tell me what day of? Uh, I, I assume you got married in September. Yes. Okay. What day was it?" She said, "Well, it was." She told me the day. I said, "Okay. Um, what time of day?" And she says, well, it's 2 o'clock. I said, Eastern time zone or Central time zone? And she says, Eastern time zone? I said, here's a little tidbit for you. We got married exactly 11 years apart to our previous spouses. Exactly. To the minute. That was a trigger. She did not want to get married again in September. So we got married in August instead. So anyway, but the, but but the triggers and they do all kinds of bizarre things, make us think crazy thoughts, and and those thoughts are oftentimes irrational thoughts. Absolutely, it's it's actually kind of crazy making because <laughs> mm-hmm. you if you're being controlled in the moment, right? It just kind of grabs you and runs away with you, and you're like afterwards, like that. That really wasn't me. I don't know who that was, but it wasn't me because that's not how I normally act, right? So true. And it can happen to the best of us, right? Yeah. But the more history you've got, right? You talked about, Steve, about working in the past and dealing, figuring out what were those issues that you were working through, right, that are coming through now. And you may have no idea that that's what it's related to. Mm-hmm. It happens to everybody. If you And if you're not aware of them, then they give, they hold the power. So you make a, a sales call that doesn't go well. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to do that again. Yeah. You know, you are in a relationship and it doesn't go well. Oh, don't want to do that again. But then mm-hmm. every time you pick up the phone to make another sales call, you're thinking about how, yeah, this is probably not going to go well. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, Everybody is sales calls are are hard. They're ugly. They're, you know, the rejection, the any, we have so many experiences in our life that it happens once. And if you don't have power and control over the story you're telling yourself about the circumstances of that thing, you're bound to just keep repeating it. Yeah, exactly. That's why you need Steve and I so that we can help. (laughs) The reframe it. They're like, okay, just because that happened that once, do you have evidence of a call that went well? Do you have evidence of this? Let's see if we can change your story. Totally. Nancy, you, you, you said something about reframing. Um, Tom Ziegler, again, proud son of Zig Ziegler. I was listening to Tom not too long ago, and he made the comment that he loved when somebody told him no. So, and he was, when he first started working for his dad, he's, he's selling books and tapes and conferences and seminars and, and retreats and all of that kind of stuff. And he said he figured out looking at his numbers that every seventh call he made was a sale. 
So he started counting up all the no's. Well, there's one. Well, there's two. And when he would get to seven, get ready, folks, because you're about to be sold. <laughs> and so he had that kind of a mindset. Now, was it exactly every seven? No. I mean, sometimes it was three and then nine. But, but the average was every seven calls, he would have a sale. So if you know that going into making your phone calls and scheduling your appointments, you, you know that ahead of time. Okay, I know I'm going to be successful one out of seven. It changes your frame, mm, your, your absolutely. mindset. And it, it makes all the difference in the world when you're talking to people. Oh, here's a great topic right off of that. Um, realistic expectations. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. What counts as a realistic expectation, right? How do you meet it? And then you're so upset all the time because nobody's doing what you think they should be doing. I say all the time that most of the problems in our lives can be mitigated or avoided based on expectations mm -hmm. because it's all about the communication because I expected you to do something and you didn't. I expected you to not do something and you did. I expected you to say something. I expected this and the thwarted expectations. It's all in the communication and expectations. Absolutely. Every Absolutely. And Nancy, there's another part to that. It's the expectations that other people put on us, but then we have the expectations that we put on ourselves. Yep. And Absolutely. and then we start we start playing the comparison game of well, so and so they're much better at this. I can't. I oh, will never be as good as they are. You don't have to be as good as they are. You have to be the best person that you are. So we got to stop comparing ourselves to other people. That's where Facebook yep. and and social media in general is detrimental to our society because we look at, well, well, Nancy just got back from another vacation. Well, Christine just did this and, and so forth. And we look at all these things and we're like, why is it I can't get those things? And so we only put the flowery things on Facebook and Instagram and so forth. We don't put the struggles on there. And Absolutely. as a result, our expectations are diminished because we're comparing ourselves to a lie or a fantasy that somebody else is living and showing the fantasy side of things. And most of the time, it's fake anyway. Exactly. See, <laughs> exactly. Thank you. You've actually just mentioned two of my courses in this one conversation. I teach the trap of comparison and how oh, to good. stop being upset and feeling less than, and you could be excited and inspired about what's possible. And the know your numbers and grow your business. So how yes. important it is to know your numbers and the trap of comparison. You've, you've hit two of my three. Well, I, I, I knew that, and I, I set it up And that we way. Just, just met. That's fantastic. <laughs> and when you were talking about the, the no's and from Ted Ziegler, one of the books that I love that made such a big impact on me, I don't remember the author's name, but it's no, no, uh, no, yes is the, no is the, wait, go for, no, go for no, yes is go the destination. No. Yeah. And it's a short, fast book. It's a fun read. But boy, yeah. when I was doing sales, that had so many massive impacts between the knowing how many calls you need to make to get to the yes yeah, and exactly. going for no's so that when you get the yes, it's like, oh, all right, my target is getting all my no's. But yeah. the, the other one that was the big hit 
in my gut was he was telling this story when he stopped selling because he had an internal limit. He would never spend more than a thousand dollars in one transaction. So when he had a customer that was buying, 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 when he got close to a thousand, he just stopped selling without even realizing it because he's like, Oh, he's done. They, they, they reached their maximum, what they perceived was their maximum potential. Exactly. And, His and they judgments. shut down. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Exactly. I, I, hey, guilty. I've done that myself. Uh, and it's, mm-hmm. it's not pretty when that happens. So, yeah. And that's where the is. life coach comes in, right? All your coaches, they tell you that your potential is beyond what you can see. Right. You start with this dream. You know, I was talking to one of my clients and they're talking about, you know, I want to I want to help people. I have this nonprofit. So they've got this nonprofit. I said, well, what if you took that nonprofit national? What do you mean? What about affiliates? What about other chapters? The Red Cross does it. They serve the world. Yeah. Why can't you? And they just stopped. It's like I could, couldn't I? It it just they had never thought that big. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, they mentioned, oh, well, we could do national. I go. Why stop yourself there? Why are you putting borders on yourself? And, you know, getting people to think about the potential and what they can do and what their possibilities are. The only person holding you back is you. I had a client. I do have a client (laughs) that when we first started working, she had one assistant and they had to go out and service all the clients themselves. And when we started talking about like growing and scaling the business and just, how can I even, how am I going to be able to handle all of those clients? I'm like, you're not going to be the one doing it. You're not going to be the one servicing and going out doing all of the calls. Wait, what? And she yeah. keeps laughing about it. She's now up to nine employees. Oh, good for her. She thought she had a business before, but she didn't. She just had a job and she was the, because she couldn't take time off without the money <clears throat> stopping. Now she legitimately has a business and three teams that can go out independently. That's cool. And then I do my happy dance. (laughs) I don't think our clients have any idea how excited we get. This is why we coach is because we like to see other people succeed and we like to be able to help lift them up. Right. And I don't know if they understand how excited we get when they share their wins with us. Right. When I get a message from a client says, I just got, you know, 24 leads in less than 24 hours. Thank you for doing my Facebook ads. I go, yes, I'm dancing. I'm doing my little happy dance, Nancy. I totally get it. Because you're like, I think I get more excited for their wins than my own wins. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so I had a client several, oh, two, three years ago that uh, I, I like working with people, giving them the tools. I know you do also, Nancy, and you, Christine, but I like giving people the tools so that they don't hate to say it, so they don't need me all the time, okay? It's a lousy business model. But I was sharing some <laughs> things, some tips with this one particular client, and several weeks later, they were describing a scenario to me that they were sharing with somebody else. And I just sat there and I started to grin. I mean, it was like a Cheshire cat, you know, the banana sideways thing. <laughs> and and they're like, why are you grinning so much? And I coined a phrase, okay, this is one of my quotes. Legacy happens when the student becomes the teacher. And Love they it. had become the teacher. 
And so our job isn't just to to change and manifest new skills, new talents, new mindset, all of that in one person, but who can they manifest those same things, those same tools with so that they're actually multiplying their impact, not just showing up and taking care of themselves. Exactly, Steve. That's great. I agree 100 percent. So we're offering all these training and helping. And so, Nancy, you touched a little bit on your courses. Um, I want you to hit them again. Tell us a little bit more about what each course can do, what that value that can bring, how they can get to those courses. And then, Steve, I'm going to have you share your courses, too, that you're working on. Excellent. Well, thank you. So far, I'm still doing them live. I, I have not yet recorded them for download, but that's in the near future. It's the Know Your Numbers and Grow Your Business. And the free gift that you are so wonderfully scrolling on the bottom is a great report that I put together that's three crucial numbers that you need to measure to have a thriving business and have more free time. So I have that teaching, like, what are the numbers that you need to know? Why do I need to know my numbers? Yeah. Because when I wasn't watching the right numbers, when I was so busy having fun in my first real business, I was loving what I was doing. I was making products, I was selling products, and I was going along. And even though with my very strong accounting background, I wasn't watching my numbers and I didn't see the signs when the economy turned, it was not able to pivot. So I'm very passionate about helping people to know, like, are you profitable? Are you making money? Are you, is your company growing? Is it shrinking? Is it? So that is one, the trap of comparison. So as we mentioned, and then my big one is the productivity to profitability. Yep. With my signature three P's of planning, I will help you to make more money in less time. And who doesn't want that, right? Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. And probably fewer diversions along the way because they're listening to their coach. Exactly. So. Well, and I help. It's the, the, the first P is the power to say no to distractions and things that don't move you towards your goal. Oh, that's mm -hmm. good. That's good. Well, you talked about intentional earlier, right? Making yep. the decisions and that's huge, right? A lot of times we just go with the flow. If yeah. you have a goal, you have something to work towards. Yeah. You're never going to get there if you don't have that goal. So you got to start somewhere. Exactly. If you don't have a direction, how do you know if you're going to get there? And was exactly. it like the scarecrow from the Wizard of Oz? It's that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Great illustration. I'm just going to click my heels three times. What are you talking about? <laughs> I've tried that. And I've had really fun red shoes and I've tried it. Tell, I'm so tired. I just click my heels. I just want to be home. <laughs> There's no place like home. There's no place like home. And you know what? I was still standing on the same street. <laughs> Go figure. Well, so tools to help uh, people. We are not advocating the ruby red slippers. No, they, they generally you can have the ruby red slippers. They are fun. They just will not give not you the results that you whatsoever think. For a That's movies. <laughs> Well, Steve, uh, I know you've got some tools that you like to use when you work yeah, with your clients. Why don't sure. you talk to us a little bit about that? Well, I, I've got one course that is online right now, Stephen Reed Coaching Solutions, or you can find me through Stephen Reed Ministries. Uh, the first one that I published is called Finding Emotional Freedom. And and the whole point to that is finding out what those those speed bumps are, those 
those potholes that we've had in the past. And I walk people through, it's about two and a half hours of video content, but about 10 hours of overall content that people have to go through. And when they go through this, they, they really will release some of the chains that are holding holding them back. So that's one that one is online right now. It's available. The second one that I'm doing the recordings for is called Becoming the Best You. It's a 12-week program and it is based in part on Tom Ziegler's book Choose to Win. I've also got Learning to Soar um oh goodness Co composition of a dream is one of my favorite ones and it's a seven step process to achieving your dreams and i just went blank on uh, the the last one and but i've got another one that's in the process right now i figured out i do a lot of marriage coaching as well and i figured out some systems that are working that have worked extremely well with my couple clients and so i'm going to be developing a course where people could go to that as well so so that's what i've got now i'll remember that that fifth course someplace after we hang up probably <laughs> plenty of things to keep us busy lots of tools to play with and i know other things and um, disc assessment is another that's it one. that's it that's it disc 101 that's how i got my start coaching using disc oh my gosh thank you christine see what well, what did you say steve before about how you've been doing it for so long that you get comfortable and you forget that's why you need coaches to <laughs> Yeah, no, right. Need a memory jogger. So, and anyway. speaking of the 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 coaches, before my visibility coach yells at me because some people might not be watching this, might be listening. That let me say audibly that the my website is empoweredwithnancy.com, and the free gift that I spoke about is empoweredwithnancy.com/slash/free-gift. So if people are listening and not watching, I didn't want them to feel like they were missing out and losing out. Absolutely, Nancy. You want, Steve, you want to share audibly sure. how sure. to contact you? Um, well, the website, primary website is stephenreedministries.com. Now that's Stephen with a P-H, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-R-E-E-D, ministries.com. That's my general website. Then I also have stephenreedcoaching.solutions. And like Nancy, she's got a free gift. If somebody is looking to go to the next level, then I do either a 30 30-minute or a one-hour strategy session with somebody. Depends on what they qualify for, but uh, that I charge big bucks for that normally. But I'm happy to give that as a gift today. There you go. So if you're looking for some help, we've definitely got some tools that are available. I know for myself, I love coaching, like you said, small businesses, nonprofits. I love working with people that have a passion. If you don't have a passion yet, you want to talk to one of these guys first. <laughs> go talk to Nancy, go talk to Steve, get your passion. Once you got your passion, come visit me and we'll help make it reality. Right. But, and that's what I love to do whether the nonprofits. And so I always offer free consultations also just to kind of get people um, re reignited their excitement of what they're going to do. That's a, that's a huge thing because without that passion, you know, you don't want to do anything. <laughs> yeah, you got to have that, true. your life coach to help get you going where you want to go. And so yeah. if that area is a business, reach out and let me know, because I love to help also. Um, and I, I think that's what, why I love coaches. Coaches want to make the world a better place. Yeah, Absolutely. It's as simple I, as that. Sure. 
I was in the corporate world for more years than I want to admit, because then you'll know how old I am. But <clears throat> working in Manhattan, crazy hours. I was on that hamster wheel working 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night, almost every night. Mm. And doing what was expected of me. And I thought that that's what it was supposed to be like. Like, mm. And I was living for the vacations, living for the rare time off, living for when life was going to get better later. We're not guaranteed a later. And you know what? Life is now. Like if you're not enjoying the now, yeah. then you're just wasting it. Yeah. It's just, it's not the, oh, because, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking when you see how many people from the older generations that would stay with one business for you know, their life, 30, 40 years. Yeah. And yeah. then they finally retire and they have the retirement party and then they die. Yeah. And they don't get a chance to enjoy. They, they've been living, working so hard to enjoy later. Yeah. That's why my passion is to help people have the thriving business, but the freedom of their time and live their life now and enjoy their life now. Well, and, and Nancy, what you're saying there is a lot of times people get into that routine, that rut, whatever it is, of working for that corporate environment, whatever it is, whether it's a small business, big business, whatever the case is. But all they know for that 20, 30, 40 years is that business. So when they do retire, they don't start searching out a new passion. And that's why they die very quickly Thereafter, they just sit on the porch and they start rocking and they don't develop the new passions in life. What is your new dream, your new goal? Is it something totally different? And who are you giving to instead of, you know, the corporate environment? So you got to keep the passions alive every day. Absolutely. I had a friend that was a surgeon and uh, he said, well, I'm going to be retiring soon. So these last couple of years, I'm, I'm developing hobbies. So I'll have something to do when I get out. I don't be one of those people that retire and keel over two days later. It's like, I, I'm going to do yes. stuff. I'm like, all right, you do you, <laughs> you yep. know, awesome. and they picked a new hobby that they'd never done before, you know, in their 70s, yep. you know, 60s, whatever it is, you know, it's like, go for it. Go do something different. Life is too short to be waiting for the perfect moment. Yeah. Absolutely. That is so true. Any last words for our audience before we sign out today? Uh, well, obviously, you can tell by Nancy's and, and my conversations and bantering that we are exceptional in our coaching skills. So you want to hire one or both of us. Nancy's got her specialties. I've got my specialties. And I work with other coaches on different things. But hire somebody. Swallow that five-letter word, pride, and acknowledge that you actually are not perfect. You could always use some help. So hire a coach. Excellent. I agree. And if you want to be like the most successful people out there, they all have coaches. So model what's been working for other people. Exactly. So if the most successful people, this is how somebody got me to do an ice bath, which I did not like, by the way. But if the most successful people are doing something like working with other people and working with coaches, maybe there's something to that. And you might want to do those success actions as well. Yeah. So, yes, talk to Steve, talk to me, talk to Christine, depending on what you want 
what results you're looking for. What yeah. your goals are. Exactly. Be the exactly. best you. And that's what we're all about. Entrepreneur exactly. spirit and wanting yeah. everybody to succeed. I just wanted to say thank you both so much for coming on and talking and sharing your wisdom with everybody out there because I think life coaches are so valuable. So I would highly recommend reaching out to Steve Reed, executive coach or marriage coaching, whatever it is that you need. Nancy Abramson has some amazing things going on with her business. You see all those classes they both got. I mean, you guys just have a wealth of knowledge to share with people out there. And I know you want to see people grow, inspire, and be the best version of themselves. So thank you so much for coming on DFW Networking Diva. I'm sure I'll have both of you back at some point in the future. Together, Absolutely. I hope. Thank you. This was a blast. Thanks, y'all. Say goodbye to our guests. Thank you, Christine, for having us and for creating this space to provide this for people. So thank you. All right. Thanks, y'all. We're tuning out. Say goodbye. Farewell. Bye. Bye, guys.